got us started with uh, the new, our new series entitled um, The Gifts of Christmas, and we looked at um, the gift of generosity, and this morning we want to look at a different gift, a different gift. When I was walking out of my bedroom yesterday, I happened to notice on the side of one of the, the dressers in our bedroom is a, a number of sticky notes that are on the dresser there, and these sticky notes are words that my wife wrote of affirmation to me um, at, a, at a season or at a, one of my recent birthdays, and she put these in different parts of the house, and I collected them and then stuck them all there, and they're still all sticking there just as a reminder to me, and they were meaningful words that she had written down for me. In my drawer in my office, I have a, uh, right on my top right-hand desk drawer, I have a, a pile of cards and notes that people have given me, and they've written words that are meaningful to me, words of affirmation they keep there just as a reminder of words that have been spoken or written to me. And then just earlier this fall, I celebrated a significant birthday and had some friends there when we were apart, when we were celebrating that, and, and they, these individuals each shared something about my relationship with them and why that was significant, and um, I treasured those things very greatly. And this morning, we want to talk about words, words, and words play an incredibly powerful role in our lives. Words can lift us up, words can tear us down, words can bless you. Words can make you feel cursed. Words can challenge you. Words can belittle you. Words can embarrass you. And words can empower you. Words can make you feel good. Words can shame you. Words can make you feel great. Words can ruin your day. And words can even ruin your life. Words are something that define us that define us. Uh, take a moment and think about what words someone might use if they were to describe you. What would be two or three words they might use to describe you? Would they describe you as resourceful, as helpful, as kind, as, a, as athletic, as charming, as playful, as loyal, as generous, as wise? What words would they use to describe you? And this morning, we're going to look at words, and words have an incredible power in our lives. And we're going to see why, and then talk about how to identify words that can be used in a meaningful way. For some of you, you might say, oh, that words don't matter. That just, they, they're just words. I, I ignore them. I don't listen to what people have to say, either good or bad. But I want to suggest to you that words have a power in our lives that we cannot deny. We cannot deny. Likely, every person in this room can remember some words that were spoken to them that were of great meaning and great value that they still hold on to and treasure even to this day. On the contrast, you may recall, as I'm saying this, words that were spoken to you that were very painful, that were very damaging, that no matter how hard you try, you can't forget those words. Last week, Tim got us started with our series um, looking at the gift of generosity, and, and there's some generous things that have been happening here at CCC that I wanted to tell you about. Um, our students, or excuse me, last week, or over the last two weeks, we collected um, over 1,800 pounds of food, and that food was taken and given to two food banks at two area churches in our community. And I happened to be driving through the town of Denver yesterday, and one of the churches was distributing this food. And I saw people taking literally grocery carts of food and putting that in their cars, people who were not able to, um, and that was a need that they had. And so we were able to bless many, many people in that way. 
On your way out, I encourage you to stop at the table. Um, uh, some of our kids from Studio 252 are back there, and they are raising money um, to purchase nets um, for uh, children, specifically in the country of Africa, where they battle malaria. Um, you have to ask the kids why they're collecting nets and why they need a net, and they'll tell you all about it. They're very well-informed. That's very impressive with them. Um, but I'll let you get the details from the kids. And so they're collecting money, uh, to, and that's one of the projects that they are doing to give them away to kids who are in need. And then our 56ers and our Flipside and C3 students, they are collecting uh, gloves and hats to give to an inner city school, to children in inner city school up in Lebanon. So there's a lot of examples of generosity that are taking place here at CCC. And so our challenge for you is for that to continue in your life. If you weren't able to be here last week with us, I encourage you to go online and listen to, um, Tim did a great job talking about that and challenging us to take that next step about generosity. And we talked about these gifts that we're going to be discussing each week. These are gifts that usually surprise us, gifts that we're not expecting, that kind of come in a very unexpected way. And I have a gift that I want to give to someone this morning. Um, Liz, who is the fifth person that you talked to this morning? Okay, where's Debbie? Come on up here, Debbie. Come here. You don't have to say anything. Just come here. I have a gift for you. So you didn't know you were going to get a gift, but because you talked to someone, there's a gift card for you to go to Starbucks. So uh, you can take your, one of your grandkids out to Starbucks. So, um, you know, this morning we're going to talk about the gift of words. And words are something that surprise us. You sometimes are surprised when someone says something meaningful or affirming to you. You're like, where did that come from? You're also surprised when someone says something that is cruel or that is hurtful. You're like, wow, I don't think I really deserve that. So why are words so powerful? Why are words so powerful? Well, I want us to go all the way back to the book of Genesis, and I want us to start by looking at the creation story. Because in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, when, when the writer is describing the world being created, look what Look how it describes. It says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God didn't wave a magic wand. God didn't sprinkle some pixie dust. You know, there was no machine creating, and it spit it out on the other end of the assembly line. There was no inventor in his workshop late at night. There was no one trying to follow instructions. Okay, put this piece with this piece, and this screw goes with this screw, and this size screw, and this size bolt, and that. No, there was none of that. How did light come into being? God spoke. That's all he did. He spoke. The account goes on to say that how was, the, how was light created? How was the sky and the dry land separated? God spoke. How was the sun and the moon created? God spoke. How were the fish put into the sea and the birds put into the sky and the animals roaming the land? God spoke. How was, how was man given life? Simply God spoke the world and all we know that came into existence simply by a word from god and the bible says that we are created in god's image we're image bearers of him and and if god has the power with his words simply to speak why would we assume that our words do not have significance and impact and weight god revealed himself to man through a variety of ways Throughout the Old Testament, sometimes it was through dreams, sometimes it was through visions. He actually had a donkey speak, but most of the time it was through prophets. And as prophet would make this statement, he would say, Thus saith 
the Lord. And they knew it was a word from God. God had spoken, and it was his direction for them. And when Jesus showed up on the scene and he was God in the flesh, as we're celebrating this Christmas season of him coming to this earth and taking on human form, when John, one of the disciples, writes about Jesus and describes him in John chapter 1, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What we use to speak, what we use to describe, things that are important to us is how Jesus was described. And in John 1 it says, and the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks, saying that this Word that John was describing was Jesus himself at the very end of the bible it says one day when jesus will return in revelation 19 it says this it says uh, john is writing this as well he said i saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse a rider on it's called faithful and true and then in verse 14 his name is called the word of god and again he says when jesus shows up in the end to right all the wrongs to fix everything that's become a mess He's showing up described as the Word of God. And so if, if the words that God spoke had that level of power, and if the Word is, a, is what is used to describe Jesus himself, maybe our words carry a little bit more weight than we think that they do. James talks about this when he talks about what the capacity is we have inside of us. Look what he says in James chapter 3. He says, The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil. Corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it's set on fire by hell. Now, James is not talking about this. This is not what he's talking about. This thing right here. He's talking about what comes out. Our words. He goes on to say in verse 7 and 8, he says, All kinds of animal can be tamed, but no one can tame this thing. No one. No one. And then in verse 9, he says, this has the capacity to bless and curse. Bless and curse. I think, wow, our tongue, our words are amazingly powerful. And sometimes things come out and we're like, oh, I didn't mean that. I don't know where that came from. And Jesus says, yeah, it came from inside here. Because in Matthew 12, he says this. He says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so as we talk about this subject of the gift of words this morning, and, and as I challenge you about it, and you say, John, that's just not part of who I am. That's just not the way I communicate. You probably need to do a little soul searching and say, why not? Because likely there's something wounded and hurting and broken on the inside that God wants to heal and transform so that you can offer this and your words can be used to bless other people. Solomon said this, he said, Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Life and death. Think about that. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Words have remarkable capacity. Remarkable capacity. 
And what I want you this morning to walk away with wrestling, remembering is that your words have weight to them. So weigh your words carefully. Your words have weight. So weigh your words carefully. Now sometimes you say words and you just toss them out. Oh, I didn't mean that, I didn't mean that. And, but those words have weight. And other times you say something, you want it to be meaningful, and it, it doesn't really have any substance to it. And you want your words to have weight. Um, I need help with an illustration. Um, can you two come up here and, and help me with something? So just come on up here. Come on up here. All right, which one of you is the strongest? Her. Okay, well then here, I need you to hold these two things. No, you hold these two things. Okay, now you put your hands like that. Okay. No, 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 no. Keep your hands open like this. Now I need you to just do a little lap around the middle of the section there. Walk quickly. Fast, fast. You've got to walk fast. Fast, faster, faster. Come on, faster. Faster, faster. Nope, she's dropping some of her feathers. They're falling out. I saw one fall out. Come on, faster, faster. See, what happens is when, yeah, there goes another one, there goes another one. If she walked a little faster, I was trying to get her to go faster. There you go. Now, you're not going to forget how heavy these are, are you? No, and you lost a few flowers there. You can just drop them on there. Feathers, not feathers. Thank you. But the point is, I think that all of us don't. All of us want our words to be more like this than like this, right? Because those will just blow away. They'll be gone. You'll forget of them. But I think we want our words to be more like this. And so the question is. If my words have weight and I want my words to have impact, what do I have to do to have words that are impact? To have words that are impactful. I want to give you a couple of thoughts on that this morning. And these, were, these thoughts are going to come from, uh, from the book of Proverbs. Solomon was a man who wrote often about this. Um, Solomon was a prolific writer. And yet Solomon seemed to understand the value of words. And so the first thing about our words is weighty words are words that are honest. Weighty words are words that are honest. In Proverbs 16, 13, he says this, Kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value the one who speaks what is right. A king has no interest, no time for someone that is not, not going to be honest, but who's going to lie and deceive, or who's going to schmooze, or is going to say something simply so that you will get something said back to you. But a king is someone who takes pleasure in honest lips. Paul said that we should speak words of grace and truth. Grace and truth. Proverbs twenty four twenty six says this, An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. And most of the room, probably not all of the room, knows how enjoyable that can be. And that's what an honest answer is like. Proverbs 28:23 says this, whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor. Sometimes our honesty requires us to say something that's hard to say. Say something that's truthful, say something that might not be well received. But in the end it will be. Rather than the one who has a flattering tongue. Does the person who says everything is wonderful and great and spectacular to you, is that someone whose words you value? Likely not very much because they say the exact same thing to the next person and the exact same thing to the next person and the exact same thing to the next person. 
Proverbs 27.5 says, Wounds from a friend, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend are wounds, words that can be trusted. And Paul's not talking about the fact that we bludgeon people with our words. Well, I'm just going to lay it out there and you've got to take it whether you like it or not. That's not what Paul is talking about. But he's talking about someone you have a relationship with, someone who cares about you, someone who's able to speak honestly with you. He says, let your words always be seasoned with salt. And so the first question for you is, can you offer words that are honest? Words that are honest. A little later in the service, I'm going to ask you to identify two people that you need to speak some words that have weight into their lives. And maybe as I mention that, someone comes immediately to your mind. Are there some things that are honest and true about this person that you can say? Some words that are honest and true that you can offer to them. The second thing about words that have weight, words that are weighty, are weighty words are few. Weighty words are few. Proverbs 17, 28 says this. It says, even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongue. A fool is not someone that you should listen to. Solomon in other places says, don't have a conversation with someone who's a fool. Don't even bother. But even a foolish person is thought wise if they talk less. The truth is, the more you talk, the, less, the more likely you are to say something you will what? Regret. So if you struggle with sinning with your words, talk less and your sin factor, your sin quotient will go down right away. Here's a few more verses. Solomon says this. He says, the wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of fool invites ruin. He says a wise person is someone um, who has a knowledge and awareness of what's going on in life, what they see and what they observe. And it's like they're, they're storing those things up and waiting, and we're going to see just in a moment, for the right time to offer these things to someone else. Proverbs 13.3, those who guard their lips preserve their lives. Think about that picture for a moment. There, there's two guards in front of this. So, so this doesn't say things quickly or flippantly or loosely or casually, but there's guards in front of what comes out of here. Because what comes out of here has power. And it can make a difference. And it can alter someone's life. Proverbs 10.19, sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Literally, they keep those words back. They keep those words back. I mentioned earlier that many of you may remember someone who's spoken a few words to you that have impact. Maybe it was a coach, maybe it was a teacher, maybe it was a supervisor, um, Maybe it was a parent, although that seems to not happen very often in my conversations with most people. Maybe it was a friend who spoke just a few words, but they had great impact for you personally. I think it was my senior year in college, and I was talking with a prof of mine that um, I greatly looked up to and respected, a man by the name of Gary, uh, Gary Hauk, and and Gary was telling me, he's like, he said to me, he said, John, I remember when you were in the first class I had with you back in your sophomore year. And I remember sitting in the class and, and looking and seeing this, this redheaded kid sitting in the back of the class, and he was struggling like 
you wouldn't believe just to stay awake. He couldn't stay awake to save his life. And well, now I know why. I have a sleep disorder. But then I didn't know that, you know. He said, he said that kid just wanted to pay attention and wanted to hear what, was, what I was saying, but he was struggling to do so. And I just had this deep sense inside of me that God was going to do something significant with that kid's life. And I get choked up just even talking about that. Just a couple words. But words that had an incredible amount of weight in my life. Because these were words where someone said they believed in me. And they saw potential in what God might do in my life. And so weighty words are also few. You know, for some of you, you're not a person of many words. People have told you that. I want to challenge you. You might wear that as a badge of honor. But likely there's some people in your life that need you to say a little bit more to them. When you speak, they hang on every word because they don't hear much at all. And so for you, there may need to be a few more words spoken. For some of you who speak a lot, who talk a lot, who say a lot, the the struggle is that when you say something of meaning and of value, it gets lost in the flurry of everything else that's being said. And so maybe for some of you, you need to dial it back a little bit and say a few less words. By the way, this is an individual's choice whether to say more or less. No nudging allowed in the rows this morning, you know, on that one. But weighty words, words are going to have impact. They're words that are honest, words that are true. They're words, there's few of them that are going to do this. And the last, the third one is weighty words are the just right words. They're the just right words. And that, what that means is that they're the right words for the right situation. You know, it's not going to be meaningful if you just had a conflict with your spouse or with your mom and dad and you say, oh, and by the way, I appreciate you so much because of da-da-da-da-da. Not going to go over real well. Not going to go over real well. Proverbs 15.23 says, A person finds joy in giving an apt reply and how good is a timely word. How good is a timely word. Proverbs 10.20 says, The tongue of the righteous is as a choice silver. And Proverbs 10.32 says, The lips of the righteous know what finds favor. And so the right word at the right time the right word that's been thought of thought about the right word that's been reflected on the right word that is true that is spoken to the person who needs to hear that so how do you come up with the right words how do you come up with the right words well now we can put that verse proverbs 15:28 the heart of the righteous weighs his answer but the mouth of the wicked just gushes evil this is not always something that will come quickly it may require some thought to say something meaningful, to say something significant, to offer someone the gift of your words. 
is something you may have to sit with. Proverbs 2.6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 16.1 says, From the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. You may have to say, God, I, I need your help on this one. I need you to give me some words that I can offer to this person. Give me some words that I can offer to them. And ask God to provide the right words at the right time for you to offer. I've talked about offering this gift of words, but I want to talk about what happens when someone offers this gift of words to you. Because some of you, when you receive this gift of words, you receive this gift and you're like, oh, thank you, that was so kind of you and so gracious of you. And you you kind of wrap your arms around it and you kind of get this big smile on your face and it kind of warms you deep to your soul and you kind of hold on to it and you kind of think about it, you know, the next few days. But not everybody does that when they get the gift of words. Some of you, when you get the gift of words... um, your face gets a little red, kind of embarrassed. You ever had that happen? You're not really sure it's true. Some of you, when you get the gift of words, you're like, no, 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 no. That's that's you know that you don't really have to say that. You don't really mean that. You know, you kind of kind of put the gift aside. You don't take the gift. They give it to you, and you just put it aside. Some people, when they give you the gift of words, you just give it right back to them. No, right, right back at you. You know, here you go. No, you too, you too. I had someone do that to me on the phone last week. I was talking to them, and I just thanked them for something that was really meaningful that they, about who they were in my life, and, and they just said, right back at you, and they just gave it right back to me. They didn't even, they didn't even hold on to it. They didn't even touch it and feel it and shake it. They didn't do anything. They just tossed it right back to me. Um, You know, some of you take it and you examine it and you think about it and you're like, I don't think this one's for me. This probably belongs to someone else. I'm not not like that. (laughs) Put it down. Put it down. I would challenge you that when someone offers you the gift of words, the only thing that you do is say these two words that are going to come up on the screen behind me. Thank you. That's it. That's it. Let's practice saying it all together. One, two, three. Thank you. That's it. Now, some of you, as I've challenged you to do this, and we've talked about the power of your words, some of you might go home and you actually might do this, but I don't want you to walk away not having put some time and thought into it. It's a busy time of year, it's a busy season, and so I'd like for you to spend some time right now doing this. So I want everybody to take out something to write on and something to write with. If you don't have something to write on, our ushers are going to walk through with our programs And make sure they'll give you a program. There's a little sheet in there. You can take that out. So everybody needs something to write on. And then they're also going to come through with pens. I hope we have some more pens. We've got a few. So they're also going to come through with some pens for you to write something right with. Um, If you don't have something to write with, you might have to um, borrow someone else's. And what I want you to do is I want you to think of two people in your life 
two people in your life that you need to speak some words of affirmation to. Two people. And I want you to write down three words. Okay? Two people. Three words. It's like we might be a little short on pens. So if you have an extra pen available, if you have an extra pen available, pass those pens around. Give them to someone else that might be available. So, got a pen, Rick? Here you go. Here's a pen. That's the only one I got. (laughs) Oh, here comes Ben with some more pens. He's got some pens. Pens and something to write with. Give them something to write with too, Ben, if they need something to write on and something to write with. Okay? I want you to think of two people, and I want you to write three words that are true, that you believe would be meaningful to them. And I'll give you a couple minutes to do that. If the words came to you very quickly, I want you to think also about why these words are true of this person. Why these words are true. Maybe jot down a a couple words. Why is this true of this person? about one more minute to keep writing. Well, if you haven't been able to finish, hopefully that got you started in the process. Um, and you'll, I want to encourage you to continue and working on this as you take this home with you. I've asked two individuals to join me on stage, um, Mel Dobb and Frank Martin, and they were recently involved in an experience with their small group um, in which um, they had an opportunity to do this in their group. And I'd like to ask them to share a little bit of what that experience was like with you this morning, just to maybe validate some of what you're processing, even just kind of thinking about doing this and preparing for it. Um, Their small group is coming to a season in their group where the group is going to end, 
And so as part of ending well, uh, the group went through an affirmation exercise. And what they needed to do was they had to um, they had a sheet with about 100 words, um, one sheet for each person in the group, and they had to circle a couple of those words, and then they had to share those words with the individuals in the group meeting itself. And so um, to get us started off, uh, Mel, talk about what was it like for you preparing to do this? What was that like? Um, well, at first it was um, overwhelming. Our group was pretty large, and I think our original instructions were to come up with the top five um, off this list of attributes we see in everybody. Um, and so because I, I wanted the words to really mean something and I wanted them to be true, um, I was worried that with our group being so big, I wouldn't maybe know everyone um, the, the best to, to give the best words. And so um, when I sat down to do it, it took me a while. Um, and, but as I prayed through, I realized that I really, as I sat and took the time, I, um, things came to mind, experiences I had, mm-hmm. and the ways I saw, I saw those people. So mm-hmm. I realized that I didn't have any trouble really coming up with the five words, and then Matt changed it and said we could only do two, and then that <laughs> became a problem. And I had to sit and rethink, and I decided I couldn't really do that, so I did five anyway. <laughs> so it's interesting because what you're saying is initially it's hard. It's hard to it get was. this process started. Mm-hmm. It's hard to actually begin. And some of you may have experienced that, even sitting here thinking about that today. But as you sat with it and prayed through it, God kind of brought thoughts and ideas and experiences. Yeah, that I realized I knew um, more about everybody than I maybe had thought just because when I'm busy, I don't witness, you don't take the time to see uh-huh. and um, just different interactions even outside of church would come to mind. Okay. How about you, Frank? What was it like for you just on the preparing to do this? Well, I would say the same as she did when we first were sort of given this assignment. It was like, wow, what about the people I don't know real well or the, real, or the quieter people and I'm not, I don't have much interaction with them outside of group. I mean, how because you want your words to not just be like, oh, you're just kind and nice. So what does that mean? You know, so not only do you have to sort of come up with a word, but you had to sort of come up with a, an example of why you would choose that word. So, yeah, it, you know, to me, it was like, wow, that, that is not only going to take time, it's going to take some emotional energy. I mean, it's not like mm. you're not going to sit down and do this in one, in one evening. Mm. Uh, for one thing... Our group is, I would call it not a small group, a community group, because we have uh, eight couples, 16 people. So that means we had to come up with 15 of these. Uh, and so it was like, uh, yeah, a little overwhelming. <laughs> uh, and so... So the fact uh, that I've only had them do two people, that should be a piece of cake, right? Well, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, you okay, should be able to right. do that, <laughs> you know. But, but, but no, if you did it just now, uh, when you start thinking about it, to try to really make it be something that's worth saying... It takes some thought. It takes some thought. So as Frank is saying that, you know, some of you may have jotted something down quickly today. I want to encourage you to take that home and to sit with that and think about that. Maybe kind of come back to that a day or two later. And that's why I added, why is this true of this person? Because it allows you to think through some substance to those words that you offer. This is what I see in you because of this. This is, what, this is what I appreciate about you because for this reason. Um, so that's helpful. So I want to sh- you also to share with the group, so what was it like when you offered these words 
to everybody, and then what was it like being the recipient? So why don't you start with that one, Frank? What was it like offering and then receiving? Can you put the mic up a little closer? There? Well, I would say, too, like Mel said, you know, you're concerned about you didn't know this person well enough, so you said something, and they're sort of like, no, that's, I mean, just like that, let's give it back, because that ain't me at all. You know what I mean? I mean, you mustn't know me, or why'd you pick that word? Or So... That was the the biggest concern. That was a fear going in. That was a fear okay. going in. The other the other sort of fear I think for me going in, or and I think I've heard it from other people in the group, was that it it could be sort of embarrassing or sort of uh, uncomfortable telling this person face to face the reason why you think this, and if you don't know them real well, they'd be like. <laughs> Sort of like so you they, might get it wrong. You might right. mess it up. Okay. Yeah, so you mess it up or, you, or, or they just sort of think, like, you either don't know me very well or you're just not too intelligent. So, Okay. <laughs> How about you, Mel? What was it like offering those? Um, yeah, I was a little nervous going in. I think we all were. Um, but just as we started with the very first person, and we had a cool chair that spun around in a circle, so... Um, that was kind of fun. Everybody made a circle, and then they got to spin. Um, but it, it wasn't it, – I didn't find it embarrassing at all. Um, I thought once we got started, it was very easy um, to do it because I think that I had sat with the papers and the thoughts. And um, So you believed this to be true of I them did. as you were offering yeah, this? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of excited. I mm -hmm. thought it was, you know, it was kind of fun to do it. It's interesting because both of you talked about some of the, the, the anxiety and, and just uncertainty of offering this. You, you know, how's it going to be received? And I, I think that's just important for us to acknowledge that as we choose to use our words in a powerful way in someone else's lives, there's an uncertainty in terms of how that gift, like we talked about it, will be received. What was it like, Mel, talk about for a moment, what was it like when you, re when you were in the spinny chair and you were receiving? What was that like for you? Um... Again, I felt like it might be uncomfortable, um, but I really, it was very affirming. Um, did you like it? I, I did like okay, it. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> I, I did like it. So it's okay to enjoy when um, someone offers I was offers nervous that to you. about yeah. what people might say, um, <laughs> just because you, you know, I, you have a picture of yourself. I have a picture of myself, um, mm -hmm. the way that I would like to come across or the things I would like people to see in my mm -hmm. life. Um, however, I know that because I'm imperfect, I don't always display those qualities and characteristics. And so sometimes, um, you know, just the fear or, or the wondering, you know, am I, am I displaying what I, or am I being what I would like yeah. to be more of the time than I'm not? So it was, it was very good to hear, very and um, I didn't hear anything that I thought was weird or unusual that I would have thought <laughs> I didn't want to be or that wasn't necessary. Well, you know, that's I had good. a few moments of yes, but kind of okay. thoughts of, yeah, I can be that way, but hmm, not always. But for the most part, it, it was, it I was thought good. it was true and, um, yeah, very affirming. I enjoyed it. How about you, Frank? What was it like to be the recipient? Well, uh, <coughs> I, I mean... Once we got started, one of the thoughts going into it was, too, because we have 16 people that are going to go through this, 
the poor person, the poor per- couple people with the last, you know, it's going to be like, everybody's going to be like, oh, you know, wow, this is just boring. Uh, just get it over with. But it was really amazing. Everybody was very engaged up to the very last person because it was like, especially when you had picked out some words for these people and then you heard other people go around the circle and and say the same thing or come up with sort of the same uh, thought of why you chose the word you chose. And the affirming part to me was we each got a paper with these, you're supposed to pick out, well, really, the top two. We're, we, went, we went down to two because I sort of went to John and Matt, who is our Ascar group leader, who, you know, he's been there for a long time. So I think he's going to be rewarded in heaven, you know, to be the president <laughs> of the small group society for the next 10,000 years or something, you know. But uh, anyway, I said, you know, these words that you come around, what I did was we take these papers and eat and we give them all the papers so we got 15 papers Hmm. and so then when I went home I was like okay is this is what you know in other words I have this view like you said of who I am or what I want to be on my good days anyway Uh, but then you take those papers and you and you circle the all the words and you see how many of them are the same Hmm. and how many of them are the higher numbers. In other words, you might have two or three words, but when you have over five or over ten, a lot of the same words. if you have ten of yeah. the same words, it's like, wow, I it's mean, really that, must must, be that must be what people see. Mm. And so it gives you a better picture of what's really the reality of what, or what people imagine you to be. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for sharing that. Would you thank them for coming up and sharing this with us this morning? <clears throat> I asked them to talk about this experience just so that it would help give some perspective and validation on what this is like for you to think about words that have weight, uh, to put some of these words down, and then to offer these words. And I hope as you head into this holiday season that, that you think about, is there someone in my life, maybe a couple people, maybe more than a couple people, that I need to offer them the gift of my words? And... As you do that, I want to challenge you to think about words that are true, make them few, and find the right time to offer them. Would you join me in prayer as we close and just ask God to help us do that? God, I thank you for the power of words, not only in your creation of this world, but the description of your Son, but the amazing way that we have the capacity with our words to impact people. And God, I I know I don't always think about that. I don't always think through how my words, that my words have that level of impact. And God, I pray that as we walk away this morning that we would walk away challenged about what we do with our words. Um... For some of us, God, we maybe have been real uh, flippant with our words and we need to think about what we say. God, maybe for others, we think a lot of things all the time. We think all kinds of affirming things, but they rarely come out. And God, may you just give us a nudge to open our mouth and speak. 
and let our words be used. So God, as we think about this gift, as we walk away reflecting on the gift of our words, help us to remember that our words have weight and uh, to weigh them and to be willing to offer this gift to others this Christmas season.